Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brendan Rodgers has now played Rangers 15 times as a Celtic manager and after yesterday he's won 12, drawn two and lost only one after a vital 2-1 win at Celtic Park. This is Tino with the Final Whistle Show, joined here by a full house of James, Miff and Paddy. James, I'll come to you first to get things started. Just a phenomenal result. Um, I just thought we were excellent, the, the fight that they brought to the game and they were written off, all the media was... The Rangers are coming, et cetera, et cetera. And they just blew them out of the water. Um, obviously, getting back to the day. And I, th- I thought it was more of a balanced game than I'd felt in the stadium. But still, we were very dominant. We, we should have gone on to score a third and fourth, really, especially when they went down to 10 men. But kind of the perfect result. It shows that we're the top team, but we've got work to do in terms of our squad. So there's no hiding place for the board. Yeah, and you'll have seen the quotes from Brendan Rodgers. He's now seen off... Is it five Rangers managers, Kachinias and Murtys and Warburtons and all these kind of guys? And he was a bit cute in his interview, but I'm all for it, basically saying that the Rangers are always coming. That's always a chat, you know, jam tomorrow, we'll get you next time, Celtic. And yet again, on the big occasion, Rangers are failed. Paddy, what's your chat? I think just that. I think it's um, there's this arrogance, this, this um, belief that is created, and I think from our own fans as well, I, I think we, we, we owe that team a lot more respect. Um, we owe that that team that Rogers set up yesterday a lot more respect in terms of what we're coming through this season. I think, yeah, definitely the performances haven't been there. Um, but there's been a lot of issues that we've come up against and a lot of issues we've faced. And then when a team does actually come and try and play football against us, we know who's going to win. And, and that was something that I actually kind of hadn't really thought about leading up to the game and then it was actually doing the, the the pre-match show with yourselves. I was thinking I was thinking after it like hang on a minute on paper we are better than them. And I and I think that, that proved yesterday. Um I watched the game back as well, James. I think everyone will have done so and, and um I think that the only chances that they were given was coming from mistakes from ourselves. There was definitely still a bit of nervousness between our, our starting eleven. But the big players that we spoke about in that midfield three that we spoke about in the pre-match, they were stood up and counted yesterday and, and just absolutely brilliant. Really, really happy yeah. with the performance. Paddy, me, you and James done the, the pre-match show on one of those days recently, whatever day of the week <laughs> it was, at this time of year. And you were roundly mocked, mostly by me, for your 4-0 prediction. <laughs> but actually, at one point in the game, around about 70-odd minutes in, 
it was looking good. I was stupidly took the foot off the gas, I think, and um, this season's going to go a long way. I think you try and score as many as you can, especially against the 10-men Rangers. But even after the second goal, I thought we started knocking the ball about a lot more cleanly. Um, part was a mess because of the snow beforehand. Um, but to try and keep the ball in the deck, if we'd done that for the full 90 minutes, we would have scored more. I think we were too desperate to just try and get it in the channels at points. Um, but when, the, when they lost uh, Balogun, I thought that we tried to knock the ball about too easily and actually we should have just went and buried them. Yeah, do you know, the, the chat in general is that we, we didn't play as well when we were up against 10 men, but listen, all that mattered was the result and that's what we definitely got. Muff, a bonus to have you here. A Celtic Exchange fans' favourite. We weren't sure what your, your New Year's Eve plans were, but delighted to have you here. What's your own summary of yesterday? Well, before I get started on that, I've got a blurred background that has no interest in burning out my dartboard. Um, I've got one Wayne out the back with about seven of his mates playing fives with wee mini floodlights. The other Wayne's in the other room playing Fortnite with a headset and microphone. So I apologise if there is some background noise. Um, yesterday was absolutely fantastic. And, and I think because, much, much like the last game at Ibrox, um, we had all been round into a bit of a tizzy um, by external factors, albeit this time it was slightly different. I think what was going on on the park had us all a wee bit nervy. Um, things were less than, than cohesive. But like Paddy said, it's a different dynamic when Rangers come to Celtic Park because they can't just play a low block and sit in. And, and in fairness to them, they, they came and, and I thought Rangers were, were brave enough. But their main tactic was very much like um, sort of, you know, Livy, Hearts, whoever else. Long ball in behind Greg Taylor. I mean, Goldson was just shelling the ball when he got the ball. I, I, I literally couldn't believe it. I was I, thinking to myself, is, is, that, is, this, is this it? Is this the tactic? And it seemed to be. You know, it, it was only until later in the first half after they went behind that they actually seemed to play. Um, the way that Celtic played really pleased me. There were so many really good performances. There were a couple of worrying performances, which hopefully will address um, in the transfer window going forward. But all in all, as it always is, all that matters in these games is winning. And I, and I think for those last 10 minutes when Rangers went down to 10 men, the bottom line is they had to come out. They had to absolutely roll the dice and go for it because um, they, ha they had to win the game. And and I think that the mentality changes almost when they get down to 10 men. Celtic are unsure. Do we put our foot in the throat? Do we just keep the ball? You know, Rogers' style of play would generally head towards that, keep the ball, smother them. And, and I think we just got caught betwixt and between. We almost ended up with five at the back, five up front, and, and nothing really controlling the game in the middle of the park. But over the piece, after all the noise, and it's always noise, um, for us to, to go out and be as dominant as we were for so long in the game, um, with, you know, even throughout the course of the game, a makeshift backline, um, I thought I thought was, was exceptional. And, and again, just shows... You can go on about ability all you want, but the mentality in this team really is something else. Yeah, it's huge, and, and that's them going to Ibrox and got the all-important win against a full house of Rangers fans, no Celtic fans there, and then they've gone and repeated the trick again yesterday. Um, do you know, Matt, you're absolutely right. In terms of open play stuff, Rangers have offered very, very little, and I'm actually delighted that some of the noise today that I'm seeing online is that they're really quite pleased. They're not far away. A couple more players and we'll be chapping the door. That's fine for me if they don't realise how far off it they were yesterday. And even getting into the final five, ten minutes, including the injury time, it was like playing Livy. They were playing for free kicks in the final third and launching it and hoping for the best. And if that's all they've got, 
I'm absolutely delighted with that. Before we kick on with some more chat, just a thanks to everyone who's joined us uh, at the moment in the, the YouTube live. We've got Ryan McGinley, good friend of the show, Chris Fraser, Strange Love the Doctor, The Prophet, various others. So brilliant to have you all here. As always, feel free to put in your comments and myself and the guys will try and address that throughout this recording. Um, James, I'll come to you in terms of the, the starting lineup. So pretty much we knew Carter Vickers wasn't making it. But that blow was offset by the news that Rio Hattati and Leah Labada would both return to the squad, which was a huge boost. So the lineup uh, contained Stephen Welsh alongside Liam Scales and Bernardo holding his place in the midfield three. What was your thoughts when you seen the team? Things the team we called, man for man, I think even. Um, so no surprises. The bench was, I suppose, the most pleasing thing because you're starting to see a bit more threat on the bench. We've played a few games the last maybe four, six weeks where the bench has been really, really light. So it's good to see that. Um, notably on the bench was Navrotsky, who's come on and played a you know a really strong game, replacing Welsh, who I thought was having a really strong game as well. I thought Welsh was excellent, just himself and skills, very composed in their in their passing and coming out of defence and in their defending for what they had to do. So gutted for him that he had to go off, and can only hope that's not as serious as it as it probably is, you know, some kind of dislocation. But yeah, the squad squad was kind of what we expected. It was more the attitude from the squad. They just came out on it from the minute one. That was the thing that was giving me most comfort going into the game was who the manager was. Rogers knows how to set up a team going into a big game. Media talk about, you know, they're still in Europe and blah, blah, blah. We're playing Europe a much, much higher level than them. And yesterday it told, you know, we've been playing at Champions League level. They've been playing Europa. And that's kind of where the difference was yesterday. They were Europa level, we were Champions League. Yeah, that's decent. Analogy. Um, Paddy, in terms of that lineup, obviously massive to lose Carter Vickers. I think you said in the pre-match that if Carter Vickers starts, Celtic won. He didn't start, but Stephen Welsh stepped in. And between him and Navrocki, obviously harsh and you know, a sore one for Welsh to have to go off and we'll wait to hear on news of his injury. It looks potentially like a shoulder dislocation, doesn't it? But between Stephen Welsh and Mike Navrocki, done a pretty decent job replacing him. Uh, he did. He did. Um, for Stephen Welsh, I just feel feel hard sorry for him, I really do. I thought that um I thought that for me he, he he read the kind of pace of the game very quickly, Welsh. And I think he kind of set the tone in terms of um our, our back four getting the ball out as quick as they can. Um it's been a big issue, I think, for the team. Um but what we also have um in front of us now is is three midfielders that are ready to take the ball. Um I thought Bernardo was shown for it so many times getting in great positions, which really, really helped skills. Um, yesterday, I thought it was one of Scales' best performances yesterday. I thought it was excellent. Um, for me, what a difficult, what a difficult, difficult game for Rocket to come into, by the way. What a, a absolute murder game to come into. And for the time to come on, try and get up to speed in 10 minutes, the game's frantic as it is. The ball's all over the place in that park. And yes, all right, he kind of looked a wee bit shaky for the first 10 minutes. My God, the second half performance, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, Really, really promising for me. A, a player that is, he's not hesitant to play that quick pass from out the back. And I've actually just seen one of Ryan McGinley's comments here just now as well, talking about the key pass in the lead up to the second goal. Um, it's that quick thinking that we need. We need someone that's willing to bring the ball out, carry it. But it's one, two touches, pass, and, and, and the ball's out to, to who it needs to be. Um, but he seems quick. He seems fast as well. Um, for me, this is a massive, massive statement from him. And uh, I think he's got a good good January coming up, to be honest. So, um, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for him. I really am. Um, and just well done. Yeah. Brilliant performance. 
And Paddy, just on that question from Ryan, I've got it on screen, but unfortunately it, it obscures your beautiful face, so I'll take the question away. But Ryan's That's basically it. asking, with Navrocki playing that, that big pass in the lead-up to the second goal, do you see him as being a starter in the new year? What's your take? Do you think he's got a, a chance now of stepping in alongside skills? I do, I do. Um, I think um, it could be even skills, Carter Bicker still as well, and I take nothing away for Liam skills. Um, as much as credit is, uh, credit is due for the performance yesterday, I still think for me, um, we don't go and spend £5 million on a player and sit and leave him on the bench or leave him out of the squad. I think you play your best players and that's a massive statement for, from the Brock yesterday. I think uh, he's definitely going to be brought into contention for this. Um, I'm quite happy with that question being there because it's covering this uh, attempt at a moustache now as well. So if you want to bring that back up, that's fine, Tino. Uh, I think it's a decent moustache, Paddy. It's probably a, a four out of ten at this stage. There's, there's work to be done in the new year. Um, Miff, uh, obviously we've covered a couple of guys there, but some big players stood up for Celtic yesterday. Absolutely Callum McGregor, Liam Scales, uh, Navrocki and Welsh doing their job, as mentioned, Kyogo turning on the magic, Bernardo getting his his big all-important goal. Who was the main man for you? Um, just one clear omission there, being Greg Taylor, and I'm not being a broken record, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And he's also the one that goes and sticks it to the opposition whenever somebody's getting kicked. You know, he was right over to Cantwell, and Cantwell with five digs at McGregor running across the park. Taylor's the first one across to him. Same way down in the corner. I think Cantwell had tried to leave one in Palmer. Um, you, you, I know I know it's very cliched, but you need to see stuff like that, especially uh, in, in a derby game. But for me, Callum McGregor was, was, you know, on a completely different footballing planet from anyone else in the park. If you watch that game back and you see the amount of times, and what what was delightful to see was him getting on the half turn. I, I I'd said in the in the boys group chat it was almost like he took personal offence to Cantwell just being on the park. He's like, listen, son, you know that you you just don't belong here. And and what what you got out of that was it was almost like an angry performance for McGregor, and I loved it, loved every single second of it. Um, and 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 because of that, he dominated the game. And with him dominating the game, it then allowed the likes of Arayoli and Bernardo to kind of play off and play round about him. And, and so so many times when we go to Celtic Park, when we're playing against teams that aren't coming out, you, you maybe wish we would try the ball into Hugo's feet more often. I thought yesterday, just that that, that was the ball. And, and rather than sticking with the possession-based horseshoe, which causes me so much ire, we, we, we mixed it up. We went into Hugo's feet. We, we, you know, we played... We played we just played in a different style yesterday because we, we were able to and it was just for at least 85 minutes it was absolutely brilliant to watch does yeah. that come down to for me does that not just come down to you know, the the space that they were creating in the middle i think that's been totally different yesterday and, ta- and from what we've watched i think you see the amount of work that matt o'reilly does um when you know we, we look at that midfield three and mcgregor o'reilly you know what you're getting with the two boys um and then we've seen players come in and out and not settle, to be honest, in that position. And I think yesterday, Bernardo created as much space and closed down so many angles as well. But more importantly, he was another option for that that defence and McGregor to come out to as well. He was brilliant. Paddy, I, I, I sat here um, talking in the post-match, the Dundee, no, I don't think it was a Dundee post-match. Um, one of the post-matches, just talking about Bernardo being a really safe player. What, what does he do? I think in the past two games, you know, I'm not saying that he's a fan of mine and he listens to the podcast, but clearly as a, as a result of those comments, he's went out and what you've seen, he's been making runs beyond the striker. 
you know, tick. We love to see that. We love a midfielder timing those runs. But also, I mean, yesterday, quality on the ball. The one he done Cantwell on the byline first half. Jeez, man. I, I, I must have watched that at least 12 times. It is just unbelievable skill. So, the pedigree's there. Benfica Academy product. Portuguese under 21. What, what you're then trying to do is you're trying to unlock the key within him in terms of his mentality, him feeling that he belongs as part of the team, as a trusted member of the team, and can express himself. And I think what's happened in the past two games, for whatever reason, it might be that Rodgers has had a word and said, look, well, what injured, you're getting... Five games, ten games, whatever it be. Great, you know, by by the vibes that I'm hearing, Turnbull and David Turnbull hasn't actually been offered a contract. Um, so the, the chances are he will be away in in, in January, or he'll certainly at least agree a move away in, in January. So maybe things like that going on in the background have allowed Rogers to say, Bernardo, you're my man. The squad itself has been settled. There's been less of a kind of roulette around who's been on the bench and things like that. Another ire of mine in recent weeks and, and as a result of that the output in the park has been completely different and, and in terms of Bernardo you're beginning to see that quality that we all hoped that he had Yeah, James the boys are raving about Bernardo and, and rightly so and he's the man with the all important opener so around about 25 minutes in he had a decent chance with Heather before it didn't he you know whatever minute that landed in but his goal isn't too dissimilar to Real Hattati's on that, that big big night back in February 22 Rangers have failed to clear a corner. It's broken to a midfielder who's hovered in the right area around the box and he's volleyed at home and it's a, it's a quality finish in a busy penalty area and he absolutely loved it, didn't he? You could tell he was he was itching for it. The header one, but he also had a shot that just went in the side net and a cracking shot and he was very, very close with that. So I would say it was similar in terms of corner breaks from a corner, but in terms of technique, he just catches it so sweet. You know, that that's real quality and there's, there's not any slight to Hatati as was just off the deck this was in the air crowded box and he just threads it right through I think the goalie even gets a touch on it but there's no chance he's getting it keeping it out it was a peach of a goal and it just goes crazy we, we're in the north stand so I couldn't see what he was getting booked for and then I watched the back of the air I was like ah, there's your booking there so he just lost he's his head in quite right do you think the booking was justified? He's done the knee slide. He's absolutely nailed that. Perfect technique. But he's then got up and he's just gone right into that corner. Do you think he's overdone it with the, the celebrations? Well, you've got, to, you've got to celebrate that. You know, it, it, it comes with a caution. And that's, that's dangerous so, so early in the game. Um, but no, you've, you've got to just let the head go and get, get stuck in there, you know. Annoyingly, I watched back, you know, as I said, the game. All of the bookings were justified. Which really disappointed me. Yeah, nothing to moan about. Um, if I'm going to come to you now, your background is causing all sorts of chaos in the comments, I think. You're making a valiant attempt to hide your wrestling belts. And your, well, your no, no, no. It's, well, well, the wrestling belts are planked away. Um, but it's it's actually it's Celtic Park, as you'll see. It's my, it's my, my boys' room. Um, <laughs> Whatever you say, mate. And, and the, dart, the dartboard is, is mine, but it's in his room, so... Fair enough. Um, if I want to come to you just uh, just on Bernardo's goal, how important could that be in terms of what his future might be at Celtic? There's a lot of chat doing the round, so my understanding from his signing was it was a, a loan with an option to buy for somewhere between five and six million. You might have seen some of the headlines today. I think it was maybe Football Scotland ran a story suggesting it's only one and a half million. If it's one and a half million, it's a no-brainer. But if it's back to the five and six million, there's a, a decision to be made. But He's really stepped up last couple of games, hasn't he? And he's he's staked a claim for having a, a proper future here. 
Well, I mean, the the, the football kind of pond has changed and that we fish in. Um, you know, we, we rather than if you go back a few years, it would have been two and a half, three and a half million. You are now needing to spend six million on a player of Bernardo's sort of profile. Um, and if he's coming in and showing us that he's better than what we have and he's going to play, then you pay the money for him. I mean, for me, it's a no, it's a no brainer. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think there's a, you know, if it's underneath, you know, seven and a half million pounds, I don't really think. And we we see over a period of time. I know it's still relatively early. It's maybe two or three really good games. The rest has been a bit, a bit, you know, not so good. What I mean is, if by the end of the season we as a fan base are all in agreement, yep, this lad's got something. And we feel he's a he's a starter in the side. Then surely you spend the money on him because if you don't, you're going to lose Turnbull more than likely. You don't think Holmes good enough? Awar seems to be just been unable to kind of get a run in the team. You're actually going to need to go out and buy. So who are you going to buy? You're going to need to bring somebody in to bed them in again. You know when you've already got someone there who's who's feels part of the squad and, and hopefully wants wants to be there. The big worry in these situations, like it was with Jota when Jota came, is that they do a bit too well when they're on loan and then someone else sees them and comes in and. You know, kind of whips them away from you at, at the last minute. But, but for me, I, I just hope and pray Bernardo continues that form because we, he, 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 the more games that pass, the more he's looking like that type of ten. You know, not just the goal yesterday, the header he should have scored, the link up play and playing in that inside channel, and I think it was it was a James that mentioned or, or, or maybe um, Paddy had mentioned how he helped Scales and, and Taylor out so often as well. We, we shown for the ball and taking the ball in. Um, and he's also he's also quite a tall lad, quite quite physical as well. So he's, he's he won a lot of headers in there yesterday. Um, so I mean, for me, if the progression keeps up, then then absolutely, someday I'd be spending six, seven, seven and a half million on no problem. Yeah, yeah just a young guy. If he's twenty two in January, I think he is. So let's see what he does over the next six months. Very important six months for him. But brilliant to see yesterday, and he's he's really kicked on last couple of games. Paddy, a couple of other key incidents. We'll not spend much time on the. The Welsh injury. It's a poor pass by Alistair Johnson, and we'll get to Alistair Johnson a wee bit later on. But a short pass that leads to that chance, I think, for Dessers. Don't worry about it though, because he's absolutely useless. Um, but Welsh has gone down, and it looks like a shoulder injury, and it's a it's a real tough one for a guy who's worked hard to get back to fitness. And who knows, that might be him out for another six, eight weeks. We'll wait to hear news. The Rocky steps in though, you know, done really well, you know, across the piece. Um, around about that time, what you've started to see is some frustration from Rangers side of things. Their, ba- their bench getting very animated, and it's actually Clement that picks up the first booking for Rangers. I've got it here as 38 minutes in, he's booked. What do you think of his performance, let's call it that, and some of his post match comments? Um, I think that it was a, a bit of a, a wake up call that the job isn't going to be as easy as he maybe expected. Um, I think that without a doubt, he's definitely got a team uh, together there. But as Callum McGregor said in the, the pre-match presser, um, there's not been any change to their style. There really hasn't. And I, and I think that that's what Celtic picked up on yesterday. I think we were very quick to see they're going to play the same tactics as they've played against us every time this year. As long as we go and, and, and basically face up to them, which we did yesterday, we should we should take care of it. Um, his post-match comments uh, surprised me a little. Surprised me. Um, gave a bit of Gave a bit of a like, gave a compliment to the goal uh, from Kyogo, saying world class. And no, I don't think any keeper saving that, and I think he's right there. But it was um, a bit of a, a sore loser approach, which we're kind of we're kind of used to seeing with that mob. To be honest, I think there's still a few losers within the starting eleven there. Um, 
they're their own worst enemy. They really are. Um, and long may that continue. But the more they keep complaining and the more they keep releasing statements, I think they've just released a statement in the last 10 minutes, by the way. Um, no, no, no joke. I think it's another one saying that they're still not here to the SFA. Um, the more they keep doing that, the better, lads, because ultimately we have them where we want them. And we'll continue to win and win and win, in my opinion. I think that's called deflection, Paddy. You know, when you can't accept your own failings. Listen, the referee has nothing to do with why they didn't win the game yesterday. Look closer to home. Look in the mirror. Look at what you're doing as a manager. Look at what guys like Dessers are doing for you. And maybe speak to him about it. Maybe speak to Cantwell, who was an absolute non-entity for you. And then you can start to work out where your problems are. If you want to release statements and appease your fans... That's fine, and, and Celtic should be happy to let them continue to make those mistakes. I think one of my favourite things of the day, obviously I love scouring Twitter and looking at every, all the comments that have been made, but someone's tagged them as Baltimore. <laughs> and I'm all for that. <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah. James, by Twitter, Paddy means uh, follow, follow. I know he's been spending some time there in the last <laughs> uh, 24 hours or so. But what's your own take on, on the likes of... Um, you know, Clement and what he's been saying, and the likes of Cantwell, who's all talk. That's a guy who wants to go and paste uh, post pictures pre season with the number 56 on his shorts. And I'm all right with that if you've got some silverware in the bag and you've got something to, to back that up with. At the moment, and as has always been the case, and as Brendan Rogers alluded to, it's all just noise, and that's all it has been for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's slightly cultural for me the excuse and blame culture. You know, they don't look inside their own house and say, you know, what could we have done better? They look for like an scapegoat. And sometimes that's even inside the building, whether you stick it all in one player or whatever kind of thing. But I mean, Cantwell in particular, he got an absolute chasing off McGregor yesterday. It was just ridiculous. There was no contest there at all. And McGregor loved it. And he knew he had him in his pocket from the first 10, 15 minutes. So, um, yeah. And the manager coming out with these kind of comments. I'd be pretty embarrassed if I was my Celtic manager coming out and saying that, having set my team up in the way they'd set them up. You know, they did no attempt to really you know, play football and win the game. It was all about long balls, negative tactics, just cheating, diving, Goldson. Ah, oh, just one of the absolute worst people to play football against. Just horrendous, man. A cheat. It's as simple as that. So all of that's going on and they're blaming the SFA for not releasing... <laughs> Audio. It's delightful. Yeah, yes. Yeah, fun to watch as it implodes in the background. Miff, uh, the other big incident of the first half, and probably the biggest incident certainly that's been talked about post-match, is the Alistair Johnson handball. Um, what's your take on it? You'll have seen and you know read lots of kind of different commentary on it, but ultimately, I think it was a handball, but it was also 100% offside, so there is nothing to see here. And for me, the only mistake that was made was play restarting with a bye kick rather than a free kick for the, the offside offence took place. That's it. There's no there's no big drama here, nothing to get worried about for me. Well, that, that, that's the thing. I mean, I've heard, I've heard Kevin Thompson on crying for, for clarity this morning. And I think what they're, what they're actually looking for clarity on is, was, was the penalty going to be awarded? Even though it's a completely moot point because he was offside. Which, to me, is, is, is quite strange because... But he, 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 so to say it wasn't going to be awarded you weren't getting the penalty anyway are they just trying to go go after a particular official and Willie Colm probably have their reasons for, for doing that 
that to, to, to achieve what you wouldn't get the penalty anyway. And and, and also the other thing that, that you need to bear in mind at that point, Celtic were one up at that point. Celtic were already one up, so it's not it's not like Rangers were going to go and go ahead. But even at that, it, it's it's a nonsense. It wasn't a penalty because it, the penalty would never have been given. But I've I've, I've also found Clement's reaction to be completely at odds with how he's been as a manager up to this point. So to me, it, it I think possibly the press officers got to him before he's went out. That's what it reeks off to me because to, to my mind, as I watched that game, I thought Rangers were fairly poor for three quarters of the game. And then they let the handbrake off the last 10, 15 minutes and they went for it. And and yet they could have actually come away with sort of something else had broke for them if they had a competent centre forward. They, they could they could have actually got something out of the game. They didn't. Um, very rare you see a centre forward run into the box, run out of ideas and just kick the ball away or, or into a defender. It's quite remarkable. I've, I've never really seen the likes in my life. Um, Big Dessers is, you know, he's he's honking. But yeah. the, the, the mentality around the game, I would have thought you would have said, right, lads, went down to 10 men, fought hard, you know, slapping it. Backside into the dressing room, changed up the road, we go again. That you know, that that was my as I left the game, that was what I thought. I thought I don't think Rangers will be massively disheartened by that because I, you know they've given it a go. Whereas Celtic fans would have went, you know what? We've turned up again in a big game, we've dominated the majority of it. We got a bit nervy, understandably. Rangers came at us, you know, it's a derby game, fair enough. There wasn't a two of the similar game as well. Um when Neil Lennon subbed in for Rogers after they abandoned this the last time um, when, you know, um, I think Rangers had, had been down to 10 men but also done a very similar thing where they really, really went for the last 10 minutes. These things happen in games. We were down to nine men at Ibrox once, 3-0 down, pulled two goals back in the last 10 minutes. You know, you go hell for leather in these games because you want to win them. That's what happens. But to then come out with the rhetoric after it, I, I actually think takes takes the shine off of how well Rangers competed in the last 10, 15 minutes because all everyone's going to, Celtic fans are now just saying, here we go again. It's, they just refuse to accept defeat and say, right, we get beat, fair enough, let's go again, because the recent form suggested that this will actually be a title race this time. But for me, it's utterly, utterly bizarre the route that they've chose to go down. Clarity on what? Clarity on a penalty that was never been given? Utterly bizarre. Yeah. Um, before we get into the, the chat about the second half, there's a comment that's come in for, I think it's for my fan, Paddy, uh, just saying, wallopers in here, man. Uh Paddy, I'll give you the, the right to reply. Do you agree? Having a good Sunday, Drone. Yeah, having a good one, mate. I said you see, you'll see, uh, we'll see you at Ibrox as well. What happened in September, buddy? Have a good day. Take care. Um, what about the second half then? So, obviously, you know, Celtic and the ascendancy, Paddy, you know, looking good for it. And actually, two and a half time would have been a fair reflection. Were you concerned at any point that Celtic's lack of a second goal up, you know, up until that stage at half time might have come back to bite us? Um, no, I think the game, I, I think once we lost Welsh, it naturally just broke down a little bit for us, you know, it just took a, a bit of time for the big man to come in and get settled. Um, so naturally, you're kind of just like looking to see out the see out the first half, get yourselves in and just get yourselves ready for the second. I actually think anything that was thrown at us, we dealt with pretty well. A couple of times to get in behind us down the road, <coughs> that's okay. Um, I've seen a bit of frustration kind of growing between Scales and and, uh, and Palmer. Um and sometimes, as much as, listen, I, I'm with you, Myth, I thought Greg Taylor played really well. Um, he keeps seemed to be getting sucked back into the middle of the park again um, and not, not showing for his, his centre-half. I don't know if that was part of the game plan or not. 
Um, but I, those little bits of frustration, I actually kind of, I think kept us kept us switched on, you know. So I, for, for me, it was uh, it was fine getting to the halfway mark, and then to come out so quickly in the second half and, and ultimately bury the game um, is what it's all about. And that's the difference at the end of the day. I think if uh, if it's Kyogo going through in the first half, uh, where a defender coming down on him, Kyogo's burying that nine times out of ten. Um, so that's the golfing class, in my opinion, and that's why you know we do continue to win league after league, and we do continue to have better players at our disposal. So nothing, nothing new here for me. Yeah, Paddy, you're right to highlight Greg Taylor as Mifter and earlier on, and I, I've been critical. I think we all have at different times, and I think it's it's fair and okay to criticise a guy who's been struggling. But again, like many of his teammates, I mentioned a number of guys that stepped up and Greg Taylor absolutely should have been on that list because it takes a lot of character, a lot of bravery to step up in a game like that, particularly when the pressure's on you and when people have been criticising what you're doing. I think being up against McCausland was in his favour because he's been out-muscled by a few guys recently. I think about guys like Joel Nubley and guys that are just physically you know, so much bigger and stronger than him. He was up against a guy of similar stature. And I think McCausland's not a bad player, by the way. And I thought Greg Taylor handled it really, really well. James, uh, I'll come to you for the the all important second goal. As Paddy says, it's you could you know simplify the whole thing and say the difference on the day was Kyogo v Dessers. Kyogo is clinical when he needs to be, and Dessers just simply wasn't. But it's a hell of a strike from a guy who I think we've all agreed is is off for him, but he completely steps up in this fixture. I mean, the last I don't know four, three, four weeks, be giving it tight to Kyogo to Cal McGregor, to Greg Taylor, all three of them at least, and Bernardo, all four of them, just absolutely brilliant games. It's a great ball out from Dabrowski, um, and Matt O'Reilly does, does really, really well to hold off his challenge. And it's the ball he gives to Kyogo, it's the, it's the ball that Kyogo needs. Don't tackle it, give it to me direct kind of thing, it's, it's in really fast. Takes it with his left, touches it to the side of his left, and strikes it with his left. Three touches, always left foot, and it's just screaming into the back of the net. It's the timing of the goal as well, because any plans they had to try and, you know, wrestle one back or, you know, put on a challenge, put on a challenge, just done. And for a period after that, they just looked absolutely shell-shocked. The wee man just loves the big occasion. So seven goals against Rangers in 2023. No one's ever done it before in one year. Yes, i seen the tweet. I think it was John McGinley put the tweet out uh, last night. So let me get it here, seven goals against Rangers, all in the year, the calendar year 2023, three at Celtic Park, two at Ibrox, two at Hamden, and the thing is, if they're not just consolation goals or James Tavernier goals, you might want to call them, they're goals that are making a difference, they're goals that are winning your leagues, they're winning your cup finals, they're winning your semi-finals, the guy is a big game player, and yeah, despite his sketchy form, he absolutely shone yesterday with that goal. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's the... It's the type of thing we've become accustomed to from him, and that's why we regard him as off form because he's not scoring every game. That that's what he's been doing for us for, for two and a bit years. Um, but the fact that he can score different types of goals, the the movement is is just phenomenal. Um, Goldson scanned him three times. It's but I think it was Joel Shaughnessy um, for. I can't remember St Martin. Maybe last season or at the start of this season, a very, a very similar goal. Um where he's scanning, 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 and then before you know it, he's he's just gone. And only this time, rather than being behind, he's dropped in short. And and that's it's ultimately that that's bought him the, the half yard to, to be able to whip that shot in. Um it, it, it just is we're so lucky to have him. 
and you're right to point out that that's the difference. You know, uh, like I say, you know, Big Dessers has had a couple of opportunities there where he really, really could have, um, he really, really could have made a difference in the game. But he's, he's fluffed his lines. We've got a striker there who has had ice in his veins at the time where we really, really needed him the most. Yeah, just and that's the thing, you know. Big players come to life in, in big moments, and that's exactly what he done. Um, Paddy, that's very early second half. I think it's forty seventh minute, and at that point, you're flying high, and you're thinking, as I say, that your four 0 prediction could have had a chance, and, and we'll get to more of that later on after the sending off. But um, Todd Cantwell has then gone and had his, let's call it his Andy Halliday moment, where he's been subbed off in uh, sixty nine minutes, almost to a standing ovation. At the very least, a very warm round of applause and he wasn't happy, was he? There was a wee altercation, I think, with the manager, but he has got absolutely no right to complain because he's brought nothing to the party. It was magic. I think you, you go back to the end of last season after they won the, the dead rubber at Ibrox. You never like getting beat, of course, but I still was remembering just a lot of the comments. He's the best player in Scottish football. Him and Raskin are going to tear things apart next season. They're going to do this, they're going to do that. And he just looked like a lost me laddie yesterday. He really did. He looked as if he wanted up the road. Um, my favourite bit is the I couldn't hear the whistle when he was still barging into McGregor. McGregor turns around and he's laughing in his face, basically. Um, but another good wee bit of that is can't uh, can't well still talking to McGregor. McGregor's not saying a thing back. He's just smiling at him. And Bernardo comes over and, and gives uh, McGregor a high five. Um, a, a joke of a footballer, and I think he's been found out at any club he's been at. Um, and just I, again, if they want to keep believing that this is the player that's going to take them forward, then, then let them let them believe that. And yeah. we keep on hearing we've not played against a strong Rangers side. When is that coming? Then you know we we can only next play against strong. It's, it's next time. That's when it's and it's the one after that, and it's the one after that. Uh, Todd the fraud is a comment on the screen just now from Hugh Jameson and, and hard to argue. Um, James getting back to the game, so huge moment. I get seventy one minutes. It's Balogun sent off. Uh, Celtic have all of a sudden found themselves in a two v one situation. Kyogo plays in dies in Maeda. Maeda's not had a good game. He's been off form, but his pace is a, a challenge for anybody. Balogun knew he was he, he was dead beat, and he's hauled him down. And there can't be any argument on over that, is there? Oh, and it's, it's actually Goldson that sells him short. It's a shocking pass. And Balian tries to make up it. Kyle goes in and he's he's then slipped in Maeda. Maeda's pace over that kind of distance, just forget it. And I don't know if Balian was that much a slouch on it. He was close enough to him, but not close enough to, to be able to get in front of him. And his arms all over him. You know, if somebody said last night, should just have let Maeda go. He's, uh, he's shooting prowess yesterday. <laughs> let him take his chance. Um, I mean, he... He baffles you, didn't he, Maida? But he contributes, you know, and he, he was on the right yesterday. I thought he'd go on the left, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's absolutely no doubt that was just a stonewall red card. And you saw Balligan when the referee produced it, he just went, is he German? Because I think he said Scheiser. So he, he did say Scheiser. I, 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 I was doing the lip reading as well. I don't think he's German, Balligan is. Nigerian. Is he? Um, either way. He was off, and that was the end of his day. And James, you're right about Maeda. Um, one of the comments coming through earlier on was that Celtic's wingers didn't play well, and, and you can't argue with that. Um, Maeda struggled in the right as much as Palmer struggled in the left hand side. But one thing, you know, you and I, me, you and Paddy caught up after the game, Miff Blankers again. Um, we were talking about the fact that yes, Palmer didn't have a great game, but James Tavernier done nothing as well. So you have to credit the fact that. Palmer's been doing some defensive work there to nullify him. And the same as Alistair Johnson, we'll get to him shortly, didn't have a good game at all, particularly in possession. But Seema, one of their biggest threats, 
done nothing. So they're still putting in their shifts, James, regardless of how well they are they, they aren't playing. That's that's it for me. I mean, um, Palmer thought his attacking play was pretty poor. First 20 minutes, he was looking lively and it just kind of faded from there. From there. But you can see how much concentration he was putting into his defensive game. How many times did Tavernier actually get out? Three or four? Something like that. And that's, you know, that's their main um, creativity is to get Tavernier to come out. And he didn't. So I think Palmer deserves great credit for that because he just kept on pinned in. Um, Yelmaz was uh, less of a threat for for Maeda, but he still, again, you know, kept him in his corner and was it was a threat to him going forward. So, yeah, there's a lot of kind of off-camera, off-the-ball stuff that you're not seeing, the kind of hard work that's going in. And I think Palmer deserves credit for that as much as that's not really what we want to see from him. We want to see that creative flair. And he was going to be a bit frustrated and having shots from distance that weren't really coming off. But, yeah, I think he can be proud of his, his performance overall because he was. it's a new part of football for him. You know, he'll, he'll been given a a free roll when he's playing football, just, you know, go and take the ball on Amazing and do all the fun stuff. But yesterday, he done the hard stuff, the unfun stuff as well, and credit to him. Yeah. Um, if I'll come to you for your comments on Alistair Johnson, let's cover that just now. So, all in all, this is obviously going to be a very positive recording, but we've got to be real about it. We've got to cover Alistair Johnson and the fact that he's he's not just a bit off form. I think he's well off for him. And as I say, particularly in a creative sense, you're going to get the ball a lot as a Celtic defender, more so than a, a standard right back at any other club in Scotland. And he was so wasteful in possession at different times. The biggest uh, example being midway through the second half where he's played in on the right-hand side and it is screaming out to be hit low and hard across the box. Even whether you hit one of your own men or not, it can cause chaos. And he's actually scooped it away back so far that it's wiped out four or five Celtic players, first of all, and it's actually set off a Rangers attack. And it was so frustrating, and it could have been a moment that came back to haunt us. And I know we've only got this one game left now before the break. We've got St. Merlin on Tuesday. And if it was more than one game, I would argue for Tony Ralston getting in there and getting a run because I think Alistair Johnson, for his own sake, maybe just needs to be pulled aside and you know and taken out the firing line for the moment. But what's your take on him, if just you know, specifically towards yesterday, but also in general? Well, I think somebody somebody pointed out yesterday, I don't think he's had a pre-season. Um and I, I don't know if that's maybe something that's catching up with him a wee bit because we've seen that he has got the quality there, that he, he's a very, very good fullback. Um, yesterday, he just seemed to develop a club foot as the, as the game went on. It was, you know, for watching a guy who who was has been so good for us for a, a fairly lengthy period of time, this season he seems to have got progressively worse, for want of a better word, as, as the season has been on, culminating in yesterday's display, which I have to say, I thought Palmer... Uh, Johnson, Alistair Johnson and Maeda were, were off it. However, they all worked incredibly hard for the team and did help contribute to, to the victory. So I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of that. You know, don't, I don't want to sound negative or be overly critical after such a brilliant game, but it's a concern because we, we, what we thought we had in Johnson was was an upgrade in Juranovic, never mind somebody, somebody similar. I think initially we all did feel that. Um, but it might be that he's just needing rested. It might be that he's playing with a niggle. I don't, you know, nobody really knows these things. And, and Celtic aren't great at putting information out for you. You know, it turns out in the Rocky was suffering for a lot of niggles and trying to make himself back. We knew it wasn't in the Champions League squad. You know, there's been mitigating circumstances for him not being there. But we were left to believe that it was just simply because Rodgers didn't rate him. So if there's mitigating circumstances for Johnson, it would be good to know. If he needs a rest, give him the rest. That's why we've got Tony Ralston. Yeah. Paddy, very quickly, I'll, I'll ask you the question, San Fran. 
suggests that we play Ralston on Tuesday and we'll have a brief look ahead of Tuesday just towards the end of this piece. But what do you think? Would you be throwing Tony in? I wouldn't be against it. I think uh, I think we, we can we can decide on, you know, if 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 he if he feels that Johnson needs a rest, which I think, yeah, I think that could be the case. Um I wouldn't be against Tony coming in. Um it's a big game on Tuesday though. It's not easy. It's not easy. Um so I, I think you try and go with your strongest team as well. Um but if you're not fit enough, then absolutely I've addressed them. Yeah, let's see what the manager decides. Um, Mav Celtic have made three changes around about the 82nd minute. So, oh, Mikey Johnson and Abada came in for Kyogo, Maeda and Palmer. First of all, I'll come to you just to ask how you think the three of them done. But just as a general point, I was delighted to see the reception that Leal Abada got. All three came on about the same time. It was reasonable applause for all, reasonable applause for Mikey. And a huge reception for Leal Abada. Because a young man who's been... I think unfairly caught up in a a very sensitive, intense political situation. My take would be that he's just a young guy that wants to play football and go on with his life. And I think there was a lot of pressure on his return at Celtic and what that would look like and how well he'd be received. And I was just so pleased as a young guy that he got the, the reception he got. Absolutely. You know, ultimately he's a Celtic player and he he needs and, and deserves your support, especially given that he's he's endured such a a torrid time with his injuries as well. So, like you say, there, there, there's an ongoing situation all, all around about it that, that that is very sensitive. Um, he's caught up in that, but he, you're right. He just wants to play football. So while he's here to play football, he he has our support. Yeah, hundred percent. What about the the contributions in general? Though? So, oh, Mikey and Abada, what do you think they brought to the party? I think we, we all you got pretty much typical sort of performance. He, he does he does a lot of the right things. His decision making tends to be quite poor, but um, I actually thought oh, 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 oh is is someone who would given what we've seen from Jack Amakis against Goldson, um, Goldson for being a big lad doesn't really like um, playing against somebody somebody physical. So I thought oh would would worry him, and and, and so it proved he, he dragged them into areas. I just think we we as a team made wrong decisions around about that point and probably didn't capitalise on on the the, the openings. Um, that, that we created. Um, Mikey, really unlucky not to get a free kick. I, I don't know in my life if I've ever seen a sandwich not given as a free kick other than yesterday. I, I, I mean, it's it's the absolute textbook free kick and I, I, it just, that drove me nuts. And that's another thing about this rhetoric coming out about Rangers feeling hard done by how the game was refereed. I mean, there was so many. Sterling's got away with a really naughty one on Taylor, right at the edge of the box. I was going my absolute nut. He clearly went in and raised his foot just as Taylor's played the ball away. Um, he then also went in with a flying knee um, when a Celtic player was, was uh, clearing the ball. How that lad he stayed in the park, I'll, I'll never know. Um, but, sorry, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, a, a podcast if I didn't go off on a tangent at some point. Um, <laughs> And um, we are bad at, again, decision-making. He's went with one of his left foot where he could have rolled somebody and or even carried the ball further forward. And by the way, what a strike it was. It was a real, really clean strike. But just great to see him back. And it just gives us such a different option. You know, if, if, if you take a tat and a bad out of that team, and given that Moy's retirement as well, those goals and assists, I mean, it's a huge amount to take out the team. And it then means you're relying on guys that haven't just played as many games over the course of a season. So you can't, you can't rely on them to produce those numbers. A bad being back in the team means when you're chasing a goal or you're needing somebody to pop up with something, he's the man to do it. Yeah, and history tells us that, James. He's, he's got the track record in terms of goals and assists. And I think the most important thing from yesterday was actually just getting some minutes. You know, it did open up from that chance that Math mentioned. He's 
I think it's Matt O'Reilly's made the brilliant overlap and run on his right-hand side. He should have slipped him in, but he's on there. The adrenaline's running high. He said, I crack at goal, and, and why not? But we'll see the best out of a bad in the second half of the season. He should feature in some way, shape, or form against St Mirren, and we'll see how it kicks on. Uh, I thought Mikey was good in an attacking sense. I thought he was lively. I thought he ran at Tavernier. He slipped in that pass for Turnbull, where Turnbull's been bundled over, and there's a question why that's not been reviewed. Um, you see this still. I'm not sure if it's offside. But the, the linesman's flagged and, and Nick Walsh has taken the easy out there. So if we want to greet about things, that's something Celtic could greet about. I don't know if you've picked up, you, you said you watched the game back. Brido from yeah. the show here was making the point that Mikey could have cost us. Was he a wee bit lax defensively? Yeah, I suppose you've got to see it around. I thought he was a good out ball at that stage. He had three runs that just, you know, charged right up the pitch and you know, took it to them. The one that I was talking about, the sandwich, uh, the one in for Turnbull and, and one other I can't quite recall. But also... In between our 18-yard line and halfway line, at a crucial point in the game, you know, when you're just looking to keep the ball, you know, retain possession, take the sting out of things, he does a stupid wee flick as if it's he's doing the fives. You're like, what are you doing? Lost possession, puts us back under pressure. And then down at a uh, down our right wing at the corner flag, Tavernier just gets a free cross in because Mikey's not closing him. And Greg Taylor goes absolutely ballistic at him. Um, and that that you know. One thing Greg Taylor is, is a, a captain-type personality, and he was just screaming at him. The most annoying thing was Mikey didn't get it. He didn't get why he was being screamed at. And that kind of tells you a lot about where the lad is at in terms, of, in terms of his football. If you don't understand your job there, it's not going to work. Yeah, there's a... Any position that Celtic, Celtic defend from the front, whether you're Kyogo, Maeda, Palmer, Mikey Johnson, whoever finds himself there. Uh, but Maf, how dare... You're Greg Taylor. Shout at my Mikey Johnson. That's uh, unacceptable at any time. Um, what we'll do, we'll move on to, I suppose, the one of the remaining key moments of the game. It's it's the free kick that the Rangers get in the dangerous area. Tavernier had a kind of rangefinder before it. He got a free kick in a similar area and, and hit the wall with it. This time around, he's converted it. Now, I'll come to all of you individually, particularly you, Paddy, in terms of the goalies union stuff, in terms of Joe Hart potentially being at fault. So I reached out to a, a guy I know well. A goalkeeper, a uh, guy called David McKegney, who's very well known in amateur circles here in Scotland. Very experienced goalkeeper, very, very talented goalkeeper and very decent guy. And I just wanted to get his opinion on it um, from a goalkeeping point of view. And his general take is that Joe Hart will be disappointed because he got a hand to it, indicating that if you're getting a hand to it, then you've got a decent chance at it. And he said he's maybe worried about you know colliding with the post or something like that. Maybe that comes into his thinking. But generally speaking, he feels that Hart himself will be his own biggest critic and he'll be annoyed that he's not managed to pull off the save. What do you think, Paddy? I, I'm not... I don't think Hart's at fault there. I just think sometimes you need to say that's the wall side. He's got it up and over. It's a decent strike. But I don't think you quite agree with that, do you? Uh, no. No, I don't. I think... Uh, it, for me, you, it's going one place. It's going one place. And listen, if he tricks you and goes to the other side, of you, fine. Take, take the loss there. I'd rather that than being that, that step off it. He's not got the pace to get across like he used to do. Um, it's evident to see as three free, kick, free kicks this season, all saveable, um, in my opinion. And I've said it before, he's going to cost his important goals this season. Um, he's one of the players that I would look to replace in January. Uh, I, I've loved everything he's done for us. I really, really do. I think he'll get away with the rest of the season. Um, I think the board won't. The board won't move for a new goalkeeper, personally. But we need to we need to look after that position. I think it's it's really going to cost us because 
I'm now also starting to see a little bit of distrust uh, between the back line and him as well, even in the last 10 minutes, why he was getting the ball so quickly and trying to play it out when, you know, we were trying to just see the game out, albeit we are the ones we, with 11 men, but it took our captain to eventually turn around and say, play this long, stop passing it out, you know, we're putting ourselves under needless pressure. Now, I know that this is where these guys will learn the likes of Scales, Navrotsky, putting themselves under that pressure, but there came a point in the game where just see this game out, lump it long, you've got O up there, O's going to be your outlet. Um, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I think it's uh, it's a worry for me for the rest of this season. James, it, it, it was a bit of madness, wasn't it? 2-1, trying to save the game, eight minutes injury time we contend with, that we, we've still got the ball boys and, and Ange mode, they're, they're chucking oh, it man. at Joe as quickly as it went out of the park and we're taking short ones and we're putting ourselves under unnecessary pressure and I'm surprised that a Brendan Rodgers team not having the, the savvy and the, the street-wiseness to deal with that and just run the clock, take your time with the free kick or the bye kick, launch it to own the channel. And we were even at fault of that one in general. But I think, you know, just going back to to the comments that, that Keg's made to me, just in terms of Joe Hart's position, he also feels that an element of the fans have been on Hart since the start of the season and not well enough to do on well. That's, that's not the right term, but... A wee bit of I told you so, you know, Joe Hart's done. And if, if you get yourself entrenched in that position, then it's easy to criticise. But what's your take on the goal? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we all sat in the summer when, you know, it's been a great journey for Joe Hart and us. And it's just time. So we, we expected some moves there in the summer. But the fact that that doesn't happen, Joe Hart's my number one then, and that he gets my full, my full support. Um, I think maybe he's... His wall could have been better organised if he's going to criticise himself anywhere. That could have been, you know... Tavernier's going to whip that to his right post. That's that's what he's going to as far as he says. If he tries something to the other side, maybe. But see if you look at it, the wall jumps early. The wall's on its way down when Tavernier strikes it, and then he gets that space to get up and down. So why a wall is jumping before a ball is struck, I don't know. But watch it back yourself. That that's my take on it. That 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 doesn't come anywhere near heart if the wall does its job. You've got a draft excluder there for anything low, jump in time, and you're clearing that. So I think that's really where the fault is. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we'll not spend any more time in the Rangers goal. It was only a, a small blip in an otherwise brilliant performance. And one of my favourite moments actually was Tavernier giving it large to the North Stand, celebrating the goal that condemned condemned his side to another 2-1 defeat by Celtic. So go for it, James. Celebrate your heart out, young man. Um, the game plays out, as I say, eight minutes injury time, a, a bit tense and all that stuff, but nothing really threatening, nothing overly uh, to worry Celtic. I think O played his part, running down the clock, getting involved in wee tussles with Goldson, and that suits Celtic fine because it just allows us to break up play. Uh, but the final whistle hits, and it's it's a well-deserved result, and you can see from the reaction by the, the players on the park just how much it meant to them. Yeah, and ultimately that that's that's what you that's what you do it for, you know, the the the, the sheer amount of effort that goes into these games and, and the amount of emotional energy expense for the fans in the in the stands. I mean, I know for for me, um, you know, I had a go go with my boy and um, the guys that were sitting next to have been sitting next to for years. When when the final whistle goes, you're just ecstatic. And for the players, the players, the players all have felt it. They know what's getting written and, and said about them. You know, even even the, the stuff that Boyd came out with about, about Shankland and Kyogo, it's just really hilarious. The fact that Literally two days later, Kyogo goes and does something like that. I mean, it's just it's just fantastic. So the players and the, the, the you know even the fans are back. We're probably all just needing that. 
just a, a good wee reminder. But Paddy mentioned it earlier, it all means nothing if we don't go and back it up against St Mum. You know, but we've, we've, we've wrestled ourselves back into, you know, the box seat. Now, now after the the level of performance that we've brought, and I think that's the key. It's not just been a win. The level of performance was excellent, and you know that's a metric. Rogers is really, really heavy on. That's that. That's when we need to now go and say, right, let's go into the break. Hell for leather to get these three points, and then let's see what January brings in terms of reinforcements, but also getting a few out the door as well. Because I know you've mentioned it before, Tino. Gianni, you know, eleven guys that are first team squad members all vying for the position of Gianni. It's just no good. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but just in the bigger picture, Paddy, um, the win puts his eight points clear, albeit Rangers have got those two games in hand. But as Muff says, it just puts Celtic right back in the driving seat. And it's twofold as well. The result, of course, was the most important thing. But almost as pleasing was the performance. It was really solid and really reassuring that these players have got that in their locker. And it also puts to bed some of the chat you might have seen from some folks suggesting that Rodgers has lost the dressing room, the players aren't playing for him you know, this isn't his team anymore, all that. That's blown out the water because what's clear from the off yesterday is they've absolutely responded to what the manager asked them to do. I think one thing you see with this team is, is real harmony, um, even considering the amount of players that are in the, in the squad. Um, I think for me, the, the big the big reason we're seeing these uh, these moments of, the, of like uncertainty has just been coming down to the amount of changes we've had to make as a, a, a as a team this season the, the, the squad hasn't been consistent and there you go one change um in the last three games and we've won all three and nearly kept a clean sheet in all three as well it just shows you how important that is to be able to have these players at our disposal but also having a settled side too um i think going into the second half of the season if we go and get the victory on tuesday which i'm um, I think we're ready to go for. Um, I I can see is really really enjoying the fact that it's it's, uh, it's two games. Um, it's not going to be uh, two or three games a week. I think that um, we will have that time in the training ground, and I think that that's massive for this team. Um, and it'll be it'll be good to see who we do bring in, um, but it will also be interesting to see who leaves as well. I think we're in a very strong position now, and I think that we we silenced a lot of doubters. Um, Within our support as well, within our support as well, there are still some questions out there, 100% about players that maybe need replaced and we need a bit of quality to replace them. Um, but when you look at the likes of Bernardo and then you look at the performance from uh, Navrotsky yesterday, that is really, really promising. Finally, we're getting some fruit for the for what we've signed um, in the summer. So I'm hopeful. I really am. I think it's looking good for us. Yeah, James Paddy tried to convince us there that it was a stunning uh, summer transfer window for Celtic and uh, absolutely not. <laughs> nothing to see here, Mark Lovell. Uh, no, James, uh, bigger picture stuff. Both Paddy and Murph have said there that you know Celtic are back in the driving seat, but it's important now that we go and capitalise against it right. on Tuesday. So, your brief comments on that one and your own final comments regarding yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I mean, just the way the, the officiating's been going the last couple of months since Kilmont came in, I think we need, need to go on a Screaming win and run here between now and at least a split, if not the end of the season, to be absolutely sure. And that's only going to happen if we make the signings necessary in January. You know, I was talking to Rogers yesterday saying there's nothing lined up, you know, and style first of January in what six and a half hours. So you'd love to see them come out of the traps flying and say, right, there's your at least one striker because you've got potentially both strikers going away to the Asian Cup. So even if you sign one, 
you're looking at Mikey as your backup striker. So I know you'd be happy with that, but nobody else in Celtic world would. So um, there's a lot of work to be done there. Taylor, you know, we need some competition there. I don't think the goalie thing will happen this, this window. If I was to get two and nothing else, it'd be a striker and a left back. So over to you, Celtic recruitment team. Yeah, there's a lot of chat about the lad Thiago Arujo, who I think is playing at Estoril yeah. in Portugal, former Benfica youth prospect. I seen a guy after the game with Arujo four on the back of his Celtic shirt. I don't know what he knows that we don't, so maybe that's a go. He also commented on Paulo Bernardo's Instagram, I believe, congratulating him on his goal. So who knows? Maybe there's something to that. But I'm with you, James. I think if we got a left back and a striker and nothing else, if it was just you know quality uh, players for those positions, then I'd be okay with it. And as important, there's so many other things that play just now. We'll, we'll need to catch them in a future show. But as you say, transfer window opening a number of hours. Uh, Harry Kuehl away, um, Adam Sadler, I've no idea. I think he was a Leicester coach for Brendan Rodgers. He stepped in. Um, Asian Cup, Oak, Yogo, Yang, all potentially away at that. Maybe Maeda, who knows? So lots of stuff going on. But pa uh, Paddy, I'll come to you at the moment. Just your own final comments ahead of one last big push for Celtic. I just think it's been um, a brilliant response from us over the last uh, the last couple of weeks um, to get uh, Three wins out of the last three games. I think we should be really happy with that. Um, we should be doing that, but I think the team needed that little bit of confidence. Um, we can let them go on and on about the officials and release statements here or there, but I also don't see many of them talking about the David Turnbull incident as well. Um, come near the end of the game, I think he's clearly on side, and I also think that that too is a penalty. But we don't need that. We won the game. Yeah, fair enough, Paddy. I let you crack on with the rest of that moustache, and I'll go to Muff now for his own final comments. Yeah, just a, a you know fantastic day, fantastic game overall. A, a very good performance. Um, let's see what January brings. I'd seen a link. In fact, I think it was Ryan. I know Ryan's been in the comments. I think it was Ryan who posted earlier a link with uh, Scott McKenna, which wouldn't surprise me given Rogers was a, a big fan of his when he was at Aberdeen. I think we've been linked to him many times um, in Rogers' first spell. So um, if we are going to clear the decks and the likes of Lager, Bielka, Kobayashi. Um, Nat Phillips have got to be on their way. That, that's the sort of signing that would make sense. I think McKenna's training with the youth team uh, down at Notts Forest. So, uh, so there's, there's, I, I imagine, I think Rogers has just been coy because there's an expectation there. I think the fans are pretty hungry for, for news on, on the signing front. I think he's probably just been a bit coy in, in seeing how the first, first few days go, but I, I would expect there's going to be a bit, a bit of movement in the squad over the next few weeks, but just great, great to put ourselves back in the in the driving seat. It's really up to us now to, to kind of kick on. Yeah, 100%. And hopefully a, another big result in performance against St Mern on Tuesday. Um, just to wrap this one up, lads, this is our final recording of 2023. So my own personal thanks to Paddy Miff and James for this one and everyone who's contributed across the year. It's a, it's a real good kind of team effort, a lot of work required. So my thanks to everyone for that. And of course, our thanks to all the listeners and viewers we've got. Over 500 people have joined us here on the live on YouTube, which is amazing. Thanks for your comments. It really helps make the show what it is. So we'll be back on Monday tomorrow at some point. I'll make it my calendar right, but at some point tomorrow, we'll be back with the pre-match for the St. Martin game. But in the meantime, have a brilliant new year. Thanks to you all for everything in 2023. And we'll see you again very soon. Cheers, guys. Happy New Year.
Social Podcast Network.